Hello, everyone. This is J.B. Hickson with NBW Ministries, proclaiming the clear, accurate, and urgent gospel message. Coming to you today from my studio beneath the sky, tucked away under the tall timbers of Colorado. Thank you so much for joining us. It is Friday, February 23rd, 2024, and so excited to have Dr. Nathan Jones from Lamb and Lion Ministries back with us today. We're going to be talking about a glimpse at the hereafter, talking about heaven, and what a great topic for such a time as this with so much uneasiness and craziness and discouraging things happening on this old sin-stricken earth. It's kind of nice to set our minds on things above and think about heaven. So I'll bring uh, Dr. Jones on here in just a moment, uh, but uh, as we begin, as always, just a couple of quick uh, housekeeping matters and announcements and then our verse for the day. Uh, so we are on the road uh, we'll be uh, in the Atlanta area this weekend uh, at North Star Family Church in a northern suburb of Atlanta, Flowery Branch. If you're in that area, the greater Atlanta metro area, I know it's a huge area, but love to have you come out and, and join us at North Star Family Church Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night this weekend. You can learn more about our events at the events tab on our notbyworks.org website. Uh, but we're on the road for the next uh, four weeks, actually. We'll be going straight from Atlanta to Orlando for the Orlando Prophecy Summit. I know I'll see many of you there. Be sure and come by our table and say hello to me and my family. And then uh, we'll go from there to Claremont, Florida for another weekend conference at uh, Liberty Baptist Church and then in Claremont, Florida. And then we go from there up to, uh, north of Orlando to Sanford Bible Church, where I'll be speaking Sunday night. All of that is at notbyworks.org on our website. Some of that will be live streamed. Some of it is in person only. But if you're in the area, love to have you come out and join us for one of those upcoming events. Uh, pray for us as we travel. This is uh, typical of our spring season. We end up taking a few, you know, single trips and then uh, one big one that keeps us on the road for a while. And so this is uh, this is the big one. And uh, just pray for traveling mercies and strength and obviously a fruitful ministry as the gospel goes forth and I pray that uh, believers will be strengthened and unbelievers will come to faith. Uh, so that uh, that's the announcements for today. As always, you can learn more about our ministry at notbyworks.org. Check out our online store, some of the other free resources that we have. But our verse for the day, uh, it's interesting. You know, I was talking to Nathan about a topic for today, and uh, we came up with this idea of talking about the hereafter. There's a new book out called The Hereafter by Terry James and Jonathan Brentner, and uh, Dr. Nathan Jones wrote the foreword to that book. So he thought, hey, this is a great uh, topic, and I couldn't agree more to talk about heaven. But So we had already decided to talk about the hereafter, and we were calling this podcast today A Glimpse at the Hereafter. And then uh, you know, since it's the 23rd, I went and looked at Proverbs 23, as I usually do, and guess what verse that I read there? Actually, a passage in, in Proverbs 23, verses 17 and 18. It says this, do not let your heart envy sinners, but be zealous for the fear of the Lord all the day, for surely there is a hereafter, and your hope will not be cut off. And so uh, it seems like the Lord was uh, really kind of directing us towards this topic uh, today, Nathan. Thanks so much for joining us. Wow, what a God incident, JB. I mean, <laughs> it really uh, I is. think the Lord is telling us that this is what we need to talk about. 
Yeah, because, you know, we're we're doing all of these podcasts, especially while I'm on the road. Sometimes we're doing two or three a day and then airing them in the coming days after that. And so I'm filling the pipeline and I'm, I'm trying to keep all my dates straight. And, you know, when I bring guests on like you who just have such a wealth of knowledge, you've done a lot of writing and publishing and speaking. And so I, I usually will ask my guests, hey, what's on your heart lately? What's a topic that, you know, you feel like is, is burdening you or that you'd think would be a be blessing to our audience? And uh, and so we just talked about this. Uh, I emailed you yesterday. You emailed me back this morning, and then there it is, right there in Proverbs twenty three, the hereafter. So, uh, so if the that's Lord's awesome. telling us to speak about it. Then that's what we need to speak about. It absolutely. So I'm going to uh, kind of yield the mic here, let you kind of take it away, and I'll interject some questions and comments along the way, but you know, uh, kind of give us a sort of a biblical theology or biblical overview of heaven. Well, absolutely. Well, uh, you know, for me, uh, JB, uh, heaven's an exciting topic and because you know that every one of us holds within us this innate knowledge that there's something more beyond this lifetime. God put it in us. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, He, God, has set eternity in the hearts of men, yet they cannot fathom what God has done from beginning to end. So the fact that God has put inside us the knowledge that there's something about us and about life that goes beyond this existence is extremely important. But, you know, brother, I think what we do suffer from as humans is we're just too small to grasp uh, all heavens about. I look to 1 Corinthians 2.9 and it says, No eye has seen and no ear has heard and no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. So we know that as much as the Bible teaches about the afterlife, uh, it's beyond anything we could possibly understand. We can get kind of an inkling of it, but we can't get the full picture in this state. Mm. Yeah, I mean, in times like these, when there's so much going on with wars and rumors of wars and pandemics and political unrest and elections, are, we tend to obsess about earthly things. And it's helpful, I think, to set our mind on things above, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I think we struggle with understanding what the next phase of our life is, because uh, you think about like a, a, a butterfly, for instance, you know, it starts out as an egg, and then it hatches and it becomes a caterpillar, the larva stage. And then it comes into a chrysalis, which is the pupa stage. And then it comes out as a butterfly. You know, it has four phases. Each one's uniquely different, a unique identity and, and a different existence. And you're like, well, does that apply to humans? Well, well, think about the time when we were in our mothers, you know, we started out as this little blastocyte and then we became an embryo and then a fetus. And then we were born and we were a baby and we became a toddler and elementary and adult and so on. Each phase unique and different. And because each phase is so unique and different, we couldn't comprehend what is next, the bigger picture. So mm. I think that's the problem that we have is that we're in this caterpillar stage, if I can make a comparison, and we don't know what the butterfly stage, that glorified body stage is like. But I'll tell you, I, I don't think that we're totally in the dark because the Lord wants us to know it's there. He wants us to know some of the aspects of it, and he tells us about it in the Bible. Yeah, and you know, uh, the, God's word gives us everything we need for life and godliness, but it's not just a blueprint for navigating this life, is it? It's it's uh it's about the life to come. I've often pointed out that life on earth is just a speck on the timeline of eternity. And so uh, you know, 
obviously it's important to live in this life, this realm of time, space, and matter. We have a job to do. We have a purpose uh, for being here. But uh, there's nothing wrong with setting our sights on the glory that is to come, is there? No, not at all. The Lord wants us to. I mean, when you think about it, and this is the fact, we don't have to think about this, what the Bible teaches is that back in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve had perfect fellowship with God. They walked and talked and and you know, there's that perfect relationship, but then sin separated us. We became unholy and a holy God and unholy people couldn't dwell together. And so all of human history is that reconciliation where the Lord provides Jesus Christ as the way, the truth, and the life so that we put our faith and trust in him, we're saved, we're reconciled, the blood of the lamb covers our sins and purifies us, and one day we will be with the Lord. So all of humanity is kind of like a harvest, and the Lord is trying to fill heaven with people who actually want to be with him. And so he wants us to know a little about what that's like in the heavenly state. But, you know, man, I come across so many people who are absolutely scared to death of that next mm. stage of life. You know, mm. Hebrews 2.15 says, they live in slavery by their fear of death. Mm. Now, I don't know about you, but I've come across so many people who are absolutely terrified of, of what comes. And I kind of think it's because Psalm 144.4 says, says, man is like a breath. His days are like a fleeting shadow. So because life is short and death is always looming out there just on our periphery, as a result, most people spend their lives looking how to avoid it. Yeah, it, there there isn't really the mystery that pop culture and Hollywood and media try to imply that there is. If you believe the Bible is the only standard for our beliefs, attitudes, and practices, then we know exactly what the hereafter is. You know, I was looking while you were talking at that word hereafter in, in Proverbs 23, 18, uh, and it's, uh, the Hebrew word means latter end or the next period is what Halot uh, defines it as. And so uh, it really is just the next phase. And uh, by the way, before we get into, you know, specifically descriptions of heaven, and, and I'd like to also talk about heaven is not just a destination, but it's also a reunion, a restoration, as you just talked about, a ultimate reconciling and bringing things back full circle to where we now have uh, are in a right relationship with God and can spend eternity with Him. Uh, let me just pause and interject right now that, you know, not everybody goes to heaven. It's not automatic. Uh, in the same way that God created us in His image with free will and we chose to sin, we also uh, have to choose to believe the gospel. It's not automatic. You know, God doesn't force anyone to accept the remedy that he's provided. We got ourselves into this predicament, and by his amazing matchless grace and mercy, he's provided the remedy when his son and our Savior died on the cross to pay our penalty on our behalf, our substitute, our substitutionary atonement, uh, but yet it still is has to be received. John 1.12 says, to as many as received him, to those who believe in his name, he became. Uh, they can become children of God. So I just want to put out the plea that if you're listening to this and uh, you're not certain that you'll spend eternity in heaven, uh, you can be certain. John, First John five thirteen says that we can know 
that we have uh, eternal life. These things I have written to you that you may know that you uh, have eternal life. So you can know right now, you don't get eternal life when you die. It's not some big question mark hanging over your head and you cross your fingers and uh, you just can't wait to find out. I hope I get in. No, no, you can know with certainty right now if you've trusted in Jesus Christ and him alone as the only one who can forgive your sin and give you the gift of eternal life. But uh, talk to us, uh, Nathan, about uh, the descriptions that we see in the Bible of heaven and sort of that dichotomy that you've already alluded to between heaven as a a, a proximity uh, and heaven as a sort of a ultimate re- resolution of our relationship with the Lord when we get to see him face to face. Okay. Well, before we get into what it is, let's let's explain what it is not. Good. There's a lot of misconceptions floating around out there about what the afterlife is. Uh, right up front, let's deal with what the atheists say, annihilation. When you died, that's it. There's nothing more. Uh, you know, they wish it's annihilation because then they don't have to stand at the great white throne judgment. But Jesus explained there's an afterlife in Luke 16, Revelation 20, other places. The Bible is very clear that when we die, we don't wink out of existence. So that's not what heaven is where you cease to exist. Another uh, idea, especially popular in the East, is reincarnation, this idea that you keep coming back and back as different. Maybe you started out as a cricket and then you became a cow and a human. Whoop, too much bad karma. You're back down to a cow again. And eventually we'll all become God. We'll all become Brahma. But, you know, it kind of reminds me of that Willie Nelson song, uh, I fly a starship across the universe divide. And when I reach the other side, I'll find a place to rest my spirit if I can. Perhaps I may become a highwayman again, or I may simply be a single drop of rain, but mm. I will remain and I'll be back again and again and again Ugh. and again. Isn't that awful? Hebrews it is. 9, 27 I... says, just as man is destined to die once mm. and after that face judgment. So the Bible tells us that when you die, you know, heaven isn't where you just keep going back to it as different creatures working off this bad karma. Uh, no, we die once. That's There is a second death, and we'll get into that a little later, but the first death uh, is it. Yeah. Willie Nelson may have been a, a fun singer to listen to, but he was a terrible <laughs> theologian. And uh, Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Another one the Catholic him. Church brought up, and I'm sure, uh, Dr. Hickson, you're battling this all the time, is purgatory, mm. this Catholic teaching that you have to suffer for a time to purge your sons before you can enter heaven. But Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves, it's the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. In 1 John 1, 7, the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sins. So no, when we die, and we aren't stuck in this horrible place where we have to work off our sins before God will finally let us into heaven. Purgatory is a, a Catholic teaching, came hundreds of years into church history. It's a false teaching. And uh, no, we do not have to suffer in purgatory. Yeah. And let me add uh, sort of a corollary to the Catholic purgatory is a view that arose, uh, you know, in the last hundred years that has really gained some traction recently that is equally wrong. And that is the Christian outer darkness view. And I'm sure you've come across this. Um, uh, we actually. Uh, uh, used to sell the leading uh, polemic against that view, which was a compendium of articles written by top scholars. I wrote the forward uh, or wrote a blurb or something in it. I contributed to it somehow, but it was called Should Christians Fear Outer Darkness? But that's the view that, uh, again, a false view that says that 
Christians who don't serve the Lord well and faithfully during their earthly life, when they die, instead of going straight to heaven, they will first spend the thousand years of, of the kingdom age in a place called Gehenna, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. They'll be uh, just regretting it and crying and painful. And then eventually, after that thousand years, God says, okay, you've learned your lesson. I'll let you out, and you can come on in to the new heavens and the new earth. It's called kingdom exclusion, uh, and it completely misunderstands the three outer darkness passages in Matthew 8, Matthew 21, and Matthew 25 and is essentially a Christian purgatory, and it's just a false teaching, which the Bible does not teach. Interesting. You know, I, I find that a lot of Christians believe in this idea of soul sleep, that their bodies are buried underground and their souls are trapped six feet under, you know, with the worms and the decaying and all. But 2 Corinthians 5, 8 says, to be away from the body is to be at home with the Lord. So this idea that your soul is trapped in your body waiting resurrection isn't true. Your, your, your soul goes on up to heaven. You get what the theologians call an intermediate spirit body waiting for the rapture and resurrection for the glorified body. But no, we're not trapped underground in sleep. Now, Jesus referred to death often as sleep, but that didn't mean that they were asleep. It just means that there was this nice way of saying they're dead. You know, another one, too, and you hear this one every time they play uh, It's a Wonderful Life, you know, that movie with Clarence. Uh -huh. you know, when you hear a, hear a bell ring, an uh, angel gets his wings, you know, that some people believe that we're going to become angels one day. But doesn't Hebrews 1.14 say, are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? Or 1 Corinthians 6.3, do you not know that we will judge angels? How much more the things of this life? So angels are a separate created, if you want to call them species or entities, we don't become angels. Yeah, that's an anthropological category confusion. You know, we we don't understand uh, our biblical anthropology, that we are the highest pinnacle of creation. We are made in the image of God. Angels are not. They're a separate class of being. And, uh, you know, you don't turn into angels when you die. That, that's crazy. No. I think that one of the worst misconceptions about heaven that it's completely an ethereal world. It's a spiritual-only world. Our souls all float around on clouds, and we play harps all the time. Now, I don't know about you, but that sounds awfully boring. And frankly, I don't know how your soul plays a harp. But this is that Gnostic teaching, that idea that that material world was bad and, and spirit world good, and therefore heaven couldn't be a, a tangible, physical place. Uh, but no, that's not true at all. Heaven is a tangible physical, real place. We're not going to be a bunch of spirits floating around on clouds. I, I, it's one of the greatest misconceptions about heaven, because I think Satan uses it to make us think that heaven is boring. And brother, I think by the time we're done discussing this, people realize heaven isn't boring. Uh, the greatest misconception, I say that's one of the greatest, but the greatest misconception is obviously what you just spoke about. This belief that people are born going to heaven and they do enough bad stuff, and whoops, they're off to hell. Mm. When in truth, we're all born under the curse. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. We're all destined for hell. And that's why we needed a Savior, a Savior to rescue us from that direction, turn us 180 degrees around, and put us on that path to heaven. John 3, 36 says, Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on him. So, again, these are some of the misconceptions about heaven. And so hopefully that Dr. Hicks and I have helped you understand that what heaven isn't 
before we get into what heaven is. Yeah, so we're talking with Dr. Nathan Jones, Lamb and Lion Ministries. You can find out more about them at Christ in Prophecy. Uh, dot is it dot org? Let me look. Uh, Christ dot org, yes. Christ in Prophecy dot org. And we're also talking about uh, the new book that just came out, and this is by uh, Terry James and Jonathan Brentner. It's called Hereafter. It's far better than you can imagine. And uh, uh, Dr. Jones wrote the foreword uh, in the book, but you can get that at Amazon, uh, maybe some other outlets, but I know you can find it on Amazon because I just looked it up. And I also want to put a plug in uh, for a video that I did years ago. It's on our YouTube channel. And by the way, if you haven't noticed, we did start posting to YouTube again a couple of months ago. Uh, so we have daily videos and podcasts that are on YouTube now. So far, so good. We'll see. You know, we three years ago, we got banned, but... Uh, we're hopeful that uh, you know we can squeak by again, but we just want to get the gospel out to as many uh, places as we can. But I have a video uh, from uh, several years ago called "A Glimpse of Heaven." You can search for "Heaven" on the Not by Works Ministries YouTube channel, uh, and uh, you can watch that video. And it's going to go into a lot of the stuff that we're about to talk about in terms of some of the characteristics of what heaven is. We talked about what heaven is not. But what does the Bible say heaven is, uh, Nathan? Well, let, let's do a timeline here. So let's get you to heaven. So you know Jesus Christ as your Savior. Your sins are forgiven. When you die, you'll immediately be upon death, be ushered into Jesus' presence by his angels to heaven. Luke 16 and uh, 23, both talk about that. So you're not going to sit in the ground. You're not going to wait to be resurrected as a bug. You no, know, you are going to be ushered into presence of Jesus. Now, your soul doesn't stay soulless. Uh, theologians call this an immediate, intermediate spirit body. It's a, it's a real body. You're not a ghost. Uh, it's physical. John 4, 24 says that God alone is spirit. Uh, we know that Lazarus and the rich man that even separated those are for those people that are, are held in torments or Hades, you know, they tasted, they, they, they experienced things. So they had physical bodies. Uh, when Samuel uh, appeared before Saul, he was recognizable. And at the transfiguration and the tribulation martyrs are robed, we know that we'll be clothed. And so you don't clothe the spirit. Mm. So we will have physical, tangible, recognizable bodies in hereafter. Terry James uh, explains his, um, uh, experience where he was wavering between life and death and how he saw people beckon him to heaven. And he said they were young. And I, I asked Terry, okay, Terry, what did, what age did they look like? And he said, well, I had to say probably mid twenties is what, what they look like. And I'm like, so there's hope that if you're older now and you know, you're not as trim and fit and have as much hair as you did when you're young, that we'll look back to ourselves again when we were younger, I hope. <laughs> and, uh, there we'll live in heaven with Jesus until the time of the rapture. And then when Jesus returns to earth, uh, he's going to take all the believers to him up to heaven before the seven-year tribulation. And that's when we'll experience the resurrection. So if you're already dead, you'll be resurrected first. You'll get your glorified body. If you're not dead yet and you're on earth and you're a Christian, you will be resurrected that time. And you too will also receive your glorified eternal body, uh, the, the intermediate with the glorified, we're united, and that's the body that you'll have for the rest of your life. First uh, Thessalonians 4, 16 through 17 is the reference for that, for the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, the voice of the archangel and the trumpet call of God, and dead in Christ will be raised first. After that, we who are still alive and are left, will be caught up, that's the word rapture, raptured up together 
with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. That's a, an incredible verse of hope. Yeah, it is. And 1 Corinthians 15 is another correlating verse that talks about how those who, who are not have not already died at the rapture. It says, we shall not all sleep, meaning we shall not all die, but we shall all be changed. And so it's the difference between a resurrection of the body and a translation of the body. And in our Not By Works book of charts, diagrams, and illustrations, uh, we have a chart called What Happens to a Person at Death, which is an excellent overview of throughout history, throughout human history, what happens to each person, believer and unbeliever, according to Scripture, at the moment of death. And that would be a good reference uh, for what we're talking about today as well. That would, that would. So while the tribulation is raging on the earth, seven years of God's judgment, 21 judgments from the book of Revelation, in heaven there's rejoicing. We read in 2 Corinthians 5.10 that there will be a judgment of the just. Now, because we're already saved, this isn't a judgment for salvation, but for the works the Holy Spirit did through us. So uh, there's kind of like report card time. It's time for our, our treasures, our rewards, and we'll get into those. Uh, the marriage supper of the Lamb, Revelation 19. Now, some people kind of put it in the tribulation. Some people just after. I tend to believe that it happens during the tribulation because it's the marriage time. Uh, the traditional seven-year Judean wedding with Christ and the church up in heaven. And then Revelation 19 says, we will prepare to return with Christ to come back to earth. And that's the second coming, where Jesus Christ returns in all his glories. Revelation 19, 14 says, the armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Folks, that's us. That's 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 us up in heaven following Jesus back for his second coming, he's going to then defeat the Antichrist and false prophet. He's going to throw them into hell and cast Satan into the abyss. And then we will watch the Lord send his angels out to gather those who've survived the tribulation. They'll go through the sheep goat judgment of Matthew 25, and we'll witness that. And then those who are the sheep, those who have trusted in Christ as their Savior, will live on into his kingdom, the millennial kingdom. And this is, folks, is where we are promised to rule and reign over the people in their earthly bodies as teachers and administrators and lawmen. Jesus will make this, this perfect kingdom where he rules and reigns from Jerusalem, and we are then sent out to rule and reign over the Gentile nations. Yeah, so that brings up a good, you know, segue into sort of life in heaven. It's not like we're going to be floating around on clouds singing Kumbaya. Um, <laughs> Excuse me, I had to cough there. Um, it, you know, we're going to be serving. We're going to be doing that. We're going to have jobs to do, right? I mean, describe for us what life in the kingdom of heaven is going to be like. Okay. Well, after the millennial kingdom is the eternal state, and this is where our our new home is. So, people kind of think, well, they're up in heaven. We're living up there. But the Bible has promised that that the Lord, after the millennial kingdom, will restore the earth and make it into what's called the new earth. And again, it's debated whether it's refurbished or brand new. Wherever you land, it's new. I mean, it's new, it's bigger, it's impressive. And there we will live in what's the super city that the Lord is building called the New Jerusalem. John 14, 2 says, In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you, I am going there to prepare a place for you. So heaven will come down to earth. And folks, that's the home that we've been craving is as followers of Jesus Christ, we know that this fallen earth is our temporary home. 
We're looking forward to our eternal home, and that's the new Jerusalem on the new earth. And if you want to read about our new home, that's Revelation chapter 21. It's a giant, it's either cubed or pyramided. Either way, it's 1,500 miles cubed. So it's stretched from Canada to Mexico in the Atlantic to Colorado. It's been estimated that 20 billion people, if they were living in there, would get 70 acres cubed. It's it's so huge. The streets are made out of pure gold, so clear that the light of God shines through it. There's 12 layers of precious stones that, that are the foundations, and the 12 apostles' names are written on it. It has 12 giant gates made out of pearls, and the names of the 12 tribes are on it, and the throne of God sits in the center. There we are. We're back to the garden again, where we have perfect fellowship with God. We're there seeing the Father face to face. Uh, he, it says that he's, his throne is like an emerald surrounded by a rainbow. He's got the four living creatures and the 24 elders and the angels worshiping. And out of that throne comes the river of life. And there we see the tree of life that we eat from. And uh, so we don't even need the sun, though I'm sure the sun will be there. And folks, that is our eternal home. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's it's got to be encouraging for folks to hear this because we just don't think about it enough. We become so uh, myopic in our view of life, and, and Satan loves that. He wants us thinking about the here and now, not the hereafter. Uh, and, uh, and and so we're talking about uh, the hereafter, the new book by Terry James, Jonathan Bretner. Uh, you can find that at uh, Amazon. Uh, also mention a few other resources that are out there. You can check out our free video on, on A Glimpse of Heaven at our YouTube uh, channel. Uh, just search for Not By Works Ministries or NBW Ministries on, on YouTube. Uh, and then I mentioned earlier the the chart in our chart book. And while uh, Nathan was talking, I've uh, texted my daughter, Brooke, who works for us, and she's going to post just that one chart entitled, When Will Our Bodies Be Resurrected? Uh, that traces through human history uh, kind of what happens at 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 you know, death uh, on our free section of our store. So we want you to have that chart just to be an encouragement. Uh, that way you don't have to buy the whole chart book. Uh, there are tons of great charts, 120 plus charts on a variety of theological topics, a lot of them Bible prophecy issues. Uh, so if you're interested, check that out. But that chart itself, we're going to make available to you for free. It's called When Will Our Bodies uh, be resurrected. Again, notbyworks.org. Click on the store button and then the free resources uh, section. So uh, another thing that comes to my mind as we were as you were talking is sometimes uh, we talk about, uh, you know, that a Christian when he dies goes to heaven, or do you want to go to heaven when you die? But to be more technical, the eternal dwelling place of the redeemed is not just heaven, but the new heavens and the new earth. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, heaven seems to be a, a, a temporary. Uh, the, the whole idea is that the Lord is trying to restore fellowship between him and his creation, those of us made in his image. And so we will dwell together in this new Jerusalem on a new earth. And one person wrote me once and he was kind of worried. He's like, well, are we going to be locked in this city? I'm like, no, no, no. There's there's 12 gates. The, the purpose is, is that they're open and it's on the new earth. The new earth is the capital of all of God's creation, his universe. So, you know, it, who knows how far we can travel? Uh, I'm thinking that all these planets and solar systems and galaxies sitting out there, blank slates, you know, who knows what the Lord's got planned. Again, it goes back to that verse about no, no mind is conceived what God has planned. So uh, that's just our capital city. 
Now we do have to return monthly to eat from the tree of life. So that connects us with God uh, and we have to return, but uh, it's still, we have glorified bodies that are eternal. First uh, Corinthians 15 says the body that is sown is perishable. In other words, it dies, but it's going to be raised imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. In other words, sin, but it's going to be raised in glory. It's sown in weakness, but it'll be raised in power. It's sown a natural body, but it will be raised a spiritual body. Why? So shall we bear the likeness of the man from heaven. Dr. Hickson, you know, the man from heaven is Jesus Christ. We can look at his glorified resurrected body to know what ours will be like. Can't be destroyed, immortal, glorified, powerful, spirit controlled rather than sin controlled, tangible, recognizable, perfect, no weaknesses. And even Jesus did some things that that are outside of what we can do. He ascended up to heaven. You know, when you're in a 1,500-mile cubed city, maybe we can fly. Who knows? Or Jesus would just appear out of nowhere, and he liked to scare the apostles, I think. And, you know, who knows? Maybe we can transverse distances uh, instantaneously. And with our, our glorified bodies, too, that they're not fallen anymore, so they're not inhibited. So maybe the colors that we might see, you know, maybe we'll see in the infrared or the ultraviolet spectrum, the taste, the smells, but... Uh, you know, powerful forever bodies that that should be excited uh, to for any of us to know, especially as we're getting older and our bodies are falling apart. Yeah, the older I get, that's that's kind of you know where my mind goes, and that's that's normal, right? I mean, you know, our kids, uh, we got six kids, ages uh, sixteen up to thirty, and uh, you know, the older, you know, they're they're all young, and and so they're thinking about their life and their future and their plans, and they should be, they should be thinking about how to be good stewards of the life God has entrusted to them, and and how they're going to make a living, and how they're going to make a difference in this world. But all throughout Scripture, you see this reminder that life is not about ultimately the here and now. It's about the there and then. And so, especially for believers, there's a unique uh, teaching in the New Testament about believers being pilgrims and sojourners, Christians in this present age, that our, you know, citizenship uh, is in heaven. And, you know, we're, we're not, we're, we're, you know, we're to set our minds on things of, on earth. I mean, on, on things above, not on things on earth, because our life is hidden with Christ uh, in God, and, and our citizenship is in heaven, Paul says uh, elsewhere. So, you know, I just think it's a great motivation. I'm preaching through 1 Thessalonians. I mentioned this on a previous podcast, uh, uh, but but I'm preaching through 1 Thessalonians right now at Plum Creek, and one of the main uh, arguments that Paul is making in that letter is that the reality of the return of Christ and, you know, the new heavens and the new earth and all that comes in the culmination of God's plan of the ages should be a motivating factor to help us endure and persevere in this life uh, today. So uh, another resource, I know we're throwing a lot of resources at you, but I just really believe that uh, in a time like this, Christians need to balance the perspective of negativity and discouragement and you know the sky is falling that 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 we we tend to recognize as we see the signs of the times we need to balance that with biblical truth about uh, the hereafter like like this book uh, does but another 
uh, resource uh, we just posted uh, since this podcast has been uh, uh, recording uh, is what happens when we die. I mentioned when will our bodies be resurrected, that chart, but another chart in our chart book, um, before it's all done, I might end up giving the whole chart book away. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> it's called what happens when we die. So both of those charts are now available in the free section of our website. But I also want to put a plug in for my eschatology text that came out a few years ago called What Lies Ahead, a biblical overview of the end times. And it has a whole chapter on the new heavens and the new earth. And uh, so again, with all the biblical references, um, uh, that's available at the online store in the book section. Just check out uh, or search for What Lies Ahead. All right, so Nathan, uh, continue. Okay, well, I, let's pick up on rewards then, because the Bible promises quite a number of rewards. And this is a subject that often gets Christians uncomfortable, because, you know, we're not worthy, obviously, but Jesus is worthy. And when he saved us, his Holy Spirit did works through us. And we get certain rewards based on the work that the Holy Spirit did through us, and we were faithful and allowed it. So, uh, for instance, uh, 1 Corinthians 15 tells us about the glorified bodies made in Jesus' image. So uh, that's a type of reward. 2 Timothy 4, 7 through 8 tells us about crowns that we will wear, crowns forged that represent the works we did on this earth that we take off and lay before the feet of, of Christ and, and the the, the whole trinity actually and they're eternal examples of what we did in this life so it shows you how important what we do because you know some people be running around with this tiny tiara and other old ladies who worked faithfully in the church and greeting or whatnot or staggering around with these giant crowns but we'll have crowns <laughs> revelation 19 8 says we'll have robes uh white robes i was kind of hoping for a little color but the bible says white and that's what it'll be i, I hope jeans are are, are there. I don't know if I want to be all toga party-like, but there's robes. Uh, Revelation 2.17 is a promise where we will get new names and they'll be handed to us on a white stone, like a, a marble. So the name your parents gave you will not be the name that you will have in heaven. Uh, probably something related to your personality. Uh, uh, JB, they would call theologian extraordinaire would be your <laughs> the, your name up in heaven. I am sure. I I'm quite sure that one's already taken. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for the vote of confidence. <laughs> we also have uh, comfort and no tears. Uh, we're given mercy and justice. Those are all rewards. The Lord promised ruling authority in the millennium. Uh, Luke 19 will be teachers, administrators, executives, mayors, governors, and I would even posit because there's all those empty planets and solar systems out there, who knows what the Lord's got planned for us to be stewards of one day. Maybe there'll be new creations that we'll be ruling over. Uh, you know, I'm not trying to pull up the Mormon view of, of heaven, but I, I, I'm i just speculating here that we just don't know what God's got planned. Uh, of course, uh, salvation from the tribulation. We don't have to live in the tribulation. Praise the Lord. We don't have to endure the second death, which is hell. And we get eternal life and we get to live in heaven, the honor of living with our creator. Matthew 10 says we're confessed by Jesus before the father and we're loved and adopted as children. Yeah, that to me sounds wonderful. I mean, that last one is just hard to, to fathom. But imagine being in heaven and Jesus comes up, taps you on the shoulder and says, hey, you got a minute? You go, of course. And he goes, come with me. And you follow Jesus. You walk all the way up to this big imposing door. It's uh, it's an entrance into a massive office. The nameplate says God the Father. And Jesus knocks on the door and God says, come on in. Uh, he says, hey, son. Jesus says, hey, father. 
Uh, you got a minute? I just want to introduce you to one of my really faithful ones. Uh, this is Nathan Jones. He really was faithful on earth, and I just wanted to give him special commendation before you. I mean, what a picture. What a picture. What a reward to hear that well done, good and faithful servant. And once again, uh, we have already posted on our free section, uh, it's been there for a while, is my Eternal Rewards Notes, and it's a comprehensive teaching on the doctrine of eternal rewards in the New Testament. It lists all the rewardable acts that are mentioned in Scripture, all the rewards, the specific types of rewards, many of which Nathan just went over. Uh, so check that out while you're on the free section. Uh, by the way, if you want to download all of the dozens of PDF articles, there's one called All Free Items. Just put that in your cart. And again, no credit card needed. It's all free, uh, and you can get everything. But if you just want to browse through them and see some of the different articles and charts and things that are available, uh, that one's called Eternal Rewards Notes. Well, as we as we wrap up, I mean, we've we've covered so much ground here on just the hope that is to come. I was reminded of Romans chapter eight, uh, verse twenty four says, "We were saved in this hope." And in the context, that's talking about eternity and the redemption of our physical bodies. But he goes on to say, hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. And so, Nathan, again, we see this exhortation in Scripture that the reason we hang on, the reason we get out of bed every morning— you know, Paul said, if in this life only I have hope, I am of all men most pitiable. <laughs> the reason we get out of bed in the morning is because of the hereafter, what lies ahead. Amen? Amen. Absolutely. And it's meant to give us hope. The Lord wants us to know what awaits us, but I think it's also meant as a warning to those who have rejected his lifeline of salvation, because they're the opposite. The Bible explains in detail what hell is like, too. And we're born destined to hell, and that's why we need a Savior. So heaven is meant to encourage people to give up their sinful ways, to to repent and turn to Jesus Christ, and, and so be saved. Yeah, absolutely. And and I'll close with this. You know, sometimes people will, will say, you know, well, salvation or the gospel, it's not just about, you know, getting into heaven and getting out of hell. When they say that, they have no understanding of the biblical problem of sin. The very nature of our sin problem is that we are under an eternal penalty of uh, of hell. And the very nature of salvation, which means deliverance or rescue, is that we are rescued from that penalty. Uh, Jesus didn't die on the cross just so you could be happy and healthy and find your best life now or find purpose and all of that stuff. I mean, that's all part of the spiritual walk, part of, you know, abiding our time on this earth. But Jesus shed his blood on the cross to rescue you from hell. And uh, so, you know, I just hope that, as we said earlier, if there's anyone listening that does not know the Lord Jesus as their personal Savior, that today in simple childlike faith you will uh, turn from whatever you're trusting in that you think might get you there, your own good works, your your own righteousness, your heritage, your religion, your baptism, whatever you think it might be, turn from that and trust instead in the only one 
who has the power and authority to forgive sin and give you the gift of eternal life, and that's Jesus. So, Nathan, thanks so much. Great topic. Uh, folks can uh, find the book on Amazon. It's called The Hereafter by Terry James, Jonathan Bretner. Dr. Nathan Jones wrote the foreword. Um, We've mentioned several other resources. Um, I would encourage you to check out ChristinProphecy.org, Lamb and Lion Ministries with uh, Dr. Nathan Jones, Tim, uh, and uh, Dave as well. And uh, Lord, uh, and, and uh, Nathan, just, uh, you know, anything we can pray for you about? Anything we can, you got any travels coming up? How, how are things in your ministry? Well, uh, we're at uh, this weekend, the NRB convention. Uh, we are continuing to expand Christ and prophecy into the radio realm. We're just this month, we've gotten into radio mm. and already the Lord's blessed us with bot network and AFR picking us up. So praise the Lord. We're trying to reach as many people as possible, as quickly as possible with the good news that Jesus Christ is returning soon. So uh, if you'd want to know anything about our ministry or to check out our resources to help you grow excited about the Lord's return, then visit us at ChristinProphecy.org or download the Lamb Lion app. Praise God. Well, thanks so much. And yeah, we're excited. We want to get the message out as well. And there's many, many outlets today. We live in an unprecedented time where you've got video, audio, podcast, broadcast radio, television, satellite, you name it. And, uh, you know, of course, we know the devil uses all those same tools to further his kingdom, but we're doing all we can. And we certainly appreciate Lamb and Lion uh, leading the way there for many years on uh, being a light in this dark world. Well, folks, uh, remember to check out notbyworks.org for those free resources we talked about. Uh, while you're there, check out the uh, some of the other resources that we have, streaming video. We've got books and DVDs. Uh, you can also sign up to become a premier subscriber. Uh, that comes with all kinds of extra benefits. Um, it's a special group of folks. We do a monthly Zoom Q&A with some of our guests uh, where you can ask them questions. That's for premier subscribers only. It's a small monthly fee. You can cancel at any time. Uh, I think if you sign up for a year, uh, you get two months free. Uh, but again, uh, not for everybody, but if that's something that interests you, uh, check that out on our website uh, as well. So until next time, God bless you, everyone. God bless you, Nathan. And uh, everyone have a great weekend.